Three Arizona State Sun Devils have made the College Football Hall of Fame ballot, and we're going to talk about them on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. A special shout out to my everydayers that are here every day. And don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. And stay in touch with the show by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. This episode, is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Sorry. <laughs> uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code college, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Guys, first of all, if you are checking this out on YouTube, gotta shout out our brand new setup here. With our tag board on the right-hand side, it's got what we're going to be talking about on today's show. And overall, it just looks very, very clean. And I hope that you guys appreciate it as much as I do. If you are watching on a, or not watching, if you're listening on a visual platform, give it a try. Check it out on YouTube. I think you guys will be very, very, uh, very happy with the, the product that is put out. But regardless, I'm just happy you guys are here. More importantly, I'm happy that there's some Sun Devils on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. There are three guys that are on the ballot. Some guys that should be in sooner rather than later. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to start with Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs needs to get in the College Football Hall of Fame. Quite frankly, I just don't know how the ballot works. I, I don't know how long you need to wait. I barely understand the the what are they called? The, the qualifications to get in. I know you need to be a, um, a first team all American in order to be able to get onto or into the hall of fame. I I know that's a, a, a requirement to get there, but I feel like it's just very different compared to other sports. And maybe I just read too much into it, but Terrell Suggs not being in the hall of fame, at this point in time is very crazy to me, but hopefully this is the year that he gets in because the dude is just one of the greats. He truly is. This isn't even biased. This is just flat out. This is one of the greatest defensive players that's ever graced college football. This is hands down the greatest sun devil to ever wear the uniform. It just needs to happen. It's, it's a matter of time. We need to get him in there in case you are unaware of how good Terrell Suggs is in how good Terrell Suggs was in college 44 career sacks. That is the second most all time. And that was only very recently broken within the last uh, five years, six, something, something like that. When Jalen Ferguson came into the NFL, which I believe was 2019. So 2018. So about five, about five, six years, somewhere in that range, Jalen Ferguson, may he rest in peace, broke the sack record in a, in a career at Louisiana tech, but Terrell Suggs had 44 sacks in three years, 
which includes the unbelievable 2002 season where he had 24 sacks in a single season, 31 and a half tackles for loss, six forced fumbles and an interception. It is arguably the greatest single season a defensive player has ever had. He obviously ran the table when it came to winning the awards. He won the Bronco Nagurski Award, which is the top defensive player. He won the first ever Ted Hendricks Award, which is the top defensive end in the country. He won the Lombardi Award, which is the best lineman, offensive or defensive. He won the the Lombardi Award is also weird. I've seen like Joe Burrow win it, but it is it is by definition the best lineman. But I'm, I don't know. Some other guys have won it. He won the Bill Willis Award, which is the top defensive lineman. He won the Morris Trophy, which is the top lineman in the Pac-10 at the time. Obviously, it's Pac-12 now. He was a unanimous All-American. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He was a first 10 Pac- or a first 10, a first team All-Pac-10 player as well. But it goes beyond that. Again, he had 24 career or 24. 24 sacks in 2002, 44 career sacks. He had 10 sacks as a freshman, 10 sacks as a sophomore. Dude was dominant from day one. He obviously was the Pac-10 defensive freshman of the year and just one of the most dominant players that college football has ever seen. This dude is like a man, a myth, a legend. He is everything that you look for when you're talking about just some of the put into the Hall of Fame. It's crazy to me that he's not in. I believe he was on the ballot last year. He might have been on the ballot for 10 years. He might have been on the ballot this year. I, Again, I truly don't know or understand how the ballot works for college football. But Terrell Suggs needs to be in. The dude is just unbelievable. This is easily, maybe not easily. I guess it just depends who you are. It's all about generations and Stuff like that. To me, this is undoubtedly the greatest Sun Devil ever. It just, everything about him was so dominant. You can you can see this dude who's just so blindingly fast off the edge and nobody could stack up to him. There were no answers for him. He was just one of those guys that you kind of knew that he was going to cause havoc your only hope was to contain him. There was no hope to stop him whatsoever. The only thing you could hope for was to slow him down enough so that you could get everything else going. Uh, Arizona State was a very good team that year, and so much of it has to do with the high-level play that Terrell Suggs brought to the table for the team. But without a doubt, the strongest contender that the Sun Devils have for their for the college football Hall of Fame ballot for the 2003 class. Guys, I mentioned earlier my friends over at Bird Dogs, and I got to tell you, Bird Dogs are just absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorite sponsors that we've ever had. Bird Dogs stretch like khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Even someone like me that doesn't look out, I look pretty good in Bird Dogs. I'm not the only one who looks good either. I promise you're going to look good. Burt Kreischer looks good. Dave Portnoy looks good. The amount of people that wear them truly seems limitless. Bird Dog shorts do the same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like 
a khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wick, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. For someone like me who lives in the desert, I promise you, I feel very comfortable in these, even during the dog days of summer. You guys got to check these out. They're so, so comfortable. I absolutely love them. And right now, if you go to birddogs.com slash college and enter the promo code LockedOnCollege, you can get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't have to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Guys, thanks as always for tuning in to the Locked On Sundables podcast. Remember, wherever you're getting your podcast, to hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Special shout out to my everydayers. If you are going to be here tomorrow, we're talking about the ASU U of A rivalry and why even if U of A leaves the Pac-12, this is not going to be a rivalry that dies. I promise you that. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Going into our next player on the list of Hall of Fame candidates for the Sun Devils in 2023 is Luis Zendejas. And old-time fans of Arizona State are very familiar with the Zendejas family. This has been a tradition for them to be kicking for Arizona State for quite some time. But Zendejas was a was quality would be a very big understatement. He was very much automatic. Field goals, eh, he was okay. 75% uh, kicker in his career, 81 of 108 attempts. But where he nailed it was the point after attempts. 137 career makes on 138 career attempts. 99.3%. Three seasons perfect. His only season where he wasn't was 83, where he was 28 of 29. This includes a freshman year where he went 45 for 45 on extra points. When you needed every point that you could that you could you could squander together, Luis Dejas typically was the guy that you could rely upon to be that person for you. Had some pretty nice accolades as well. Uh, not only the the 99.3 uh, percentage for his career as a Point after kicker, he scored 380 points. He was averaging almost 100 points a season. That's pretty good last I checked. He was a consensus All-American in 1983. First team All-Pac-10 player in 1983 as well. And a second team All-Pac-10 player in 1984. That 83 season, he went 28 of 29 on his PATs. And he was 28 of 37 on his field goals for a career-high 112 points for himself. 1984, his senior season, he was 34 of 34 on extra points, 13 of 20 on field goals with 73 points, which made him the second team all pack 10. You know, I don't know who was kicking back then, but I feel like Zendejas probably could have been an all pack 10 player all four years that he was kicking for Arizona State. Again, he was consistent, he was reliable, field goals hit and miss, but I mean, it was a very different game back in the 80s. You weren't typically having guys that were kicking 80% on a very consistent basis. The fact that he was in that 75% range, perfectly respectable. Again, it was a very different game back then. You weren't looking at guys that were making every single attempt that they had is what it is. But when you look at just the consistency that he provided, that's worth its weight in gold. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why he should eventually get in. I don't know if he's a guy that gets in this year. Again, I don't know if this is also like the committee has like a, a agenda for getting or veteran guys in. And obviously he would have been on the ballot for a while uh, as a player who was playing back in the early eighties. I imagine that he should eventually get in. I just, I don't really know. It's obviously because you have guys that are waiting all the time. You consistently have very good players that are on the college football hall of fame ballot. I don't know how easy it's going to be for Luis and Dejas to get in. I obviously think he's a guy who should get in. Eventually he's on the ballot for a reason. Consistency up until Zane Gonzalez came into Arizona state uh, for, you know, the, the 2010s and becomes college football's all-time field goal leader and point leader and all that good stuff before him. It was all about Luis and Dejas for Arizona state. And he was one of the more consistent kickers uh, probably throughout the Pac-12. I don't know if I'm willing to go throughout college football, especially in recent years. You've had like Roberto Aguayo was one of the greatest kickers college football has ever seen. I feel like you probably could put him up against Zane Gonzalez. But bottom line here, Luis and Dejas, very consistent, very reliable. A guy that when you needed those points, more often than not, he was coming up with them for you. This is also during a very good stretch of time for Arizona State Sun Devils football. During the time frame that he was there, they had a seven-win season, a nine-win season, a 10-win season, and a six-win season. Or excuse me, I got that. That. Wait a minute. Was he 81? He was 81. My bad. So they had a nine-win season, a 10-win season, a six-win season, and a five-win season. That's a lot of winning. And it also helps that he was playing during a time frame with the other college football hall of fame, uh, that da- the, the sun devil, the last sun devil we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Who's also on the ballot. They played at the same time together. One more time for my everydayers and anybody else who's going to check out tomorrow's show. We're talking about Arizona state and U of a, why the rivalry will not be ending. Even if U of a does decide to leave, the Pac-12 Conference of Champions. Make sure that you tune in to that episode. All right. I said play together. I meant we're on the team at the same time. Bottom line, you've got Daryl Rogers as the final ballotee. That's what I'm going to call it. I don't think that's a word. For Arizona State in the College Football Hall of Fame ballot for 2023. Now, Daryl Rogers, very interesting. He wasn't at Arizona State for the longest time. Only, only five seasons for the team was there from 1980 to 1984. But he did accomplish quite a bit during his time there, which included the 1982 season where the team went 10-2 and in the Pac-12. They finished third in the conference. They played in the Fiesta Bowl. They won the Fiesta Bowl over Oklahoma to the tune of a 32-28 to win where they did it offensively, they did it defensively, they did it with special teams, they did it all. Luis and Dejas, obviously a very important factor of that team, but he he was able to keep Arizona State on track because when he had taken over for, for Arizona State, it was right after the Frank Cush era had come to an end, and anybody who knows Arizona State Sun Devils football knows how important Frank Cush is to the history of Arizona State Sun Devils football. Uh, The football field is named after Frank Cush. So to follow in those footsteps, a very, very difficult, hard to live up to task. And I would say that Daryl Rogers was able to do that. 
during the five years he was the head coach here, he went 37, 18, and 1. He had the aforementioned 10-win season. He had a 9-win season, a 7-win season. Uh, now, unfortunately, in 1984, his last year, he did go 5-6, and six, but he enjoyed far more success than he enjoyed losing. And the overall framework of his career, uh, 129 wins, 84 losses, and 7 ties. So nothing crazy, but I mean, 100 wins, that's not easy to come by, whether you're in college or the pros. Very impressive. He has winning records almost everywhere that he was. He had coached four years at Michigan State. And during his time at Michigan State, he was actually the Big Ten Coach of the Year in 1977. And he was the Coach of the Year in 1978. Uh, winning record at Michigan State. Winning record at San Jose State. Winning record at Fresno State. Uh, both times that he was there. Well, oh, okay. I see what's going on. Uh, they had it split up between when they were part of the California Collegiate Athletic Association and the Pacific Coast Athletic Association. But bottom line, winning record with Fresno State, San Jose State, Michigan State, and Arizona State. He even got a short stint in the NFL with the Detroit Lions, but successful. I think that's the best way to describe Daryl Rogers. Sure, he wasn't anybody that was like Nick Saban level or anything like that. But that shouldn't be the standard to get into a Hall of Fame or at a minimum get into an argument for being a very, very, very good head coach. And he was good everywhere he went. I almost wish that maybe he had gotten more time at Arizona State, but I wasn't even close to being alive at this point in time. So I couldn't even tell you whether or not it was it was meant to be because he did leave Arizona State for the NFL. He went to Detroit in 1985. Maybe he stays here a little longer and Arizona State could enjoy some more success under him. But the bottom line is they did get to enjoy success when Daryl Rogers was the head coach here. And again, to echo this, he had success everywhere he went. This is the reason why he's on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Compared to the other guys, look, if you force me to rank them, I think I would go Suggs, Rogers, Zendejas. I think. Suggs is absolutely the number one guy, but... How would you guys order them? What do you think of these three candidates? Do you think that they're all worthy? Do you think that only a couple of them are worthy? Is it only Terrell Suggs? Let me know what you guys think. You can hit me up on Twitter at RichieBrads36, the podcast at LO underscore Sun Levels. You can leave a comment on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. But speaking of which, wherever you're getting your podcast, make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications, guys, so you get an update whenever we post new content. That's all I got for you guys on today's episode. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy the new graphics. They're here to stay. I absolutely love them. I hope that you guys love them too. If you are unfamiliar with YouTube, go and check it out. We are just over 460 subscribers. I have a goal to get to 500 subscribers before the season starts. Help me get there. I appreciate you guys so much. That's all I got for you today. I'll see you tomorrow to talk ASU U of A. Until next time, though. You keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils. Take care, guys.